Today's episode of the two-man power trip of wrestling is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Podgo is providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co. That is, one more time, P-O-D-G-O dot C-O, podgo dot co. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Podcast. To the two-man power trip of wrestling. I am your host, JP John Paz. With me today is a, a very special guest. He's a promoter, former pornographer, radio host, podcast host, former owner of XPW, the self-proclaimed Satan himself of the wrestling business, Mr. Rob Zakari, aka Rob Black. Welcome to the two-man power trip. How you doing? How you doing, John? It's nice to uh it's nice to nice to hear it's nice to hear from you man <laughs> good yes, to hear I'm, from you i am here i am here right now uh with uh on daddy duty but uh you know it's all good so uh I, now on your intro you said former owner of xpw i, I i'm i'm lost on that because you're gonna have to kind of bring me back like what is going on with the rebirth i mean what's going on with xpw well November 7th, we have a reboot, uh, so to speak. So XPW is, is back on November 7th. It'll be live uh, exclusively on the, uh, the Fight Network where uh, you, can, uh, you can order it. I think it's at $19.95. And uh, it'll be in Rochester, New York. Um, and then we'll be going to... Uh, LA back in January, but for now it it is uh, the 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 relaunch is in, um, is in uh, yes is in uh, is in is in uh, is in Rochester. <laughs> the kids are loving it. It humanizes the- me. The kids, the kids humanizes me. That that's what I'm constantly told. The kids humanizes me. <laughs> 
I could see that, yeah. right? You got a bad reputation, yeah. but the kid definitely humanizes you. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, definitely. But I think uh, I think their their mom just walked in, so uh, uh, now we're we're rocking and rolling. But yeah, so that's what we got going on. That is what is happening. So um, I don't know. What made you think of Take it away from there? Yeah, what you think? Like, what made you think of bringing it back? Why now? What's going on with everything with XPW? Well, I think one of the I always wanted to bring it back. I mean, I I it I didn't go out on my own terms, so not going out on my own terms always left a very bitter taste in my mouth. So uh, the opportunity to bring it back over the years kind of finally reared its head and technology, uh, I, I got to, you know, say kind of, um, made it all possible, uh, back in the, what, 98, 99, uh, the, the internet wasn't what it is today. Of course there was internet. Of course there was, you know the, the 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 streaming, but it wasn't it wasn't what it is today. It wasn't the 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 business that it is today. So uh, having the um, the the wherewithal to kind of get the product up online, everybody's able to get it. Everybody is able to purchase it. Everybody is able to be in a situation where they can access it. Kind of made the sense to be able to bring it back versus, um, you know, 10, 15 years ago where you struggled to go, how do I make money at this? And me and Kleinrock, my general manager at the time, you know, we've talked throughout the years. Um, still to this day we still talk and it was always about how do you make money or at least not lose money how do you you know how do you how do you pull it off and it was never there but it's there now now i'm not saying there's a there's a king's ransom or or anything of that nature but being able to stream the product and having everybody be able to buy that stream and being able to, you know, uh, uh, have the world access it is something that wasn't there before. So that kind of, kind of caught up and went, okay, we could do it. And then, um, Dark Side of the Ring is doing a, a, an episode on us. I mean, I'm not part of it, uh, but I said, how do you capitalize on it? Um, and then, uh, just the the timing with again, with, with the way the business is now and the way the business is just so, um, God, it's, it's nothing like it was 20 years ago. Um, and I'm not the only one that's ever said that, but just the the product that's out there, not that it's, it's bad, but it's, it's, it's very different. It's, it's, it's not wrestling that I remember. And I feel a lot of people, have left the wrestling uh, uh, world, I guess. Uh, you know, uh, I, I kind of said it on my show. I watched wrestling and I started wrestling 
you know, XPW back when I was in the mid, what, I think I was like 25 or 26. I don't believe that people that are 48 and 49 years old have decided that they just don't like wrestling anymore. I just feel like what is out there today to watch, they are not into it. So if you accompany all that together, I think now is, is the best time to try to bring it back. Will it work? I don't know. But I'm going to at least give it a shot. So basically, it's you keep saying you know reboot, rebirth. How come it's 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 kind of more towards that? Does that mean you're not going to bring back the death matches and that old style? It's going to be completely different XPW. Well, when I say rebirth, it's, it hasn't been around for 18 years. Right. Uh, so, I mean, the rebirth of XPW can't necessarily pick up from where we left off. Um, so that's, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, a rebirth, a, a new beginning, so to speak. Now, as far as death matches, are we going to have the death match champion again at some point, but it's not exactly a, what XPW was always about and B in this climate, how do you, how do you out death match the stuff that's going on now? Like, how, how do you do that? Uh, aside from killing somebody in the ring, how do you do that? They, they, do, they do no no ring death matches where it's just guys uh, pulverizing each other on a stage um, in junkyards. H- how, do you, how do you come along and go, okay, we're going to do death matches now? You look like the same stuff that's out there. Like, I just... You just can't be done. So who we were as XPW wasn't about the death matches. It sounded good. But even back then, CZW did stuff far more crazy than we did. I I think ours was a little bit more uh, dramatic. I think it was a little bit more, uh, as far as the death match stuff, a little bit more about the spots versus getting out a weed whacker and... uh, (laughs) you know weed whacking someone i mean we just never did that it was you know we had three or four big spots in the match built to those spots and that's how you you know that that was the win that was the the finish was whatever that big bump was bumps that we did 20 years ago in light tubes is is how these death matches begin the, the bell rings and the guy hits the guy in the head with the tube and then the guy grabs the other tube and he hits him and they like like it's it's basically a a, a game of of uh, a sadomasochism really it's it's like okay I'm gonna do this to you now you're gonna do it to me now I'm gonna do it to you and you're gonna do it back to me and we're gonna do this for ten minutes and then uh, I'll go over and then next week when we work for GCW or IWE or ZZA or whoever it is, then you'll go over and then you'll go and we just do the circuit and try to do crazier and crazier shit. How do I, I can't, I can't compete with that. (laughs) Nor do I want to. I used to cringe when the boys did some of the stuff that they did back then. I'd be like, Oh my God, someone's going to die. So it's a reboot. Uh, uh, and you know, 
trying to do a little bit different, trying to kind of bring back what we did in the late nineties and early two thousands. And, uh, um, um, you know, kind of gear it back to that type of vibe. Again, I don't know if it will work. Maybe everybody will shit on it. Well, I mean, I'm sure they will, but like really shit on it. There's a difference between shitting on it because it's cool to say versus actually not watching it, not buying it, not supporting it. And then it just dries up because you got a hundred buys and 10 tickets sold. So it's a difference, you know. Is Kevin Kleinrock going to be involved? No. No, no relationship anymore? I know you said you still talk to him, but no relationship anymore with him? Well, there's a well, – yeah, but it's for being on the show, being the day-to-day operations, being a dorko dude, part of the show, no. He's – you know, he does his Masked Republic. He's just in a different world. He has two children that uh, are, uh, are are disabled, and they're, they're approaching 18, 19 years old. He – takes care of them. I mean, he's, he's, he's got a full plate. Now, is he working with me on some stuff? Well, of course. Is he in the first and second episode of TV? Well, of course. So obviously there is a connection, but somebody that is day-to-day operations sitting in an office with me, uh, booking flights uh, and doing stuff like that. No, that, that's not what he does. Are you going to try to bring back any of like the old guard or, or do you want to kind of make this complete rebirth, complete different, or is it good to bring up some of the past and bring up some of the old names and bring back some of the history? It's a, it's a little of both. Um, I'm not opposed to it. I, I would like to, but it's limited on who is around. Um, it's, you know, we're not WWE, so it's, it's, you know, Vince McMahon calls and, uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's just a little different. So Supreme's dead, you know, there's a dynamite D's dead. There's a lot of dead people that were part of XPW. And then you have a lot of people that are just old and they're not really part of the scene anymore. Um, white trash Johnny Webb is just not part of the scene anymore. Angel is just not part of the scene anymore. Uh, there's people that are just not part of wrestling anymore. Rather, they're old, rather they're broken down, or they're just moved on. Uh, Veronica Kane is a nurse uh, out in San Francisco. I, I don't know if Veronica is, is down for getting on an airplane, taking a leave of absence from uh, – being a, a nurse and doing a, an appearance at uh, XPW Rebirth, Smiley, Ryan Katz is uh, a, a big to-do over at NXT. I don't know if people know that, but he's a, he's a, he's a big to-do over at NXT. He's been there for eight years now or nine years, I think. He's someone that I talk to on a regular basis, uh, which um, – the, the new woke character that they got is really from me, but that's another story. Um, oh, so smiley, whoa, whoa. <laughs> smiley, Smiley's not going to, you know, go uh, and talk to uh, Khan and say, hey, uh, is it all right if I go uh, to uh, do a spot with XPW? He's not going to do that. 
but him and Steve Carino run the ship over there as far as filming bits and, and doing what they do over there. Again, I don't know if people know that. And I don't know if that's, you know, uh, 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 lifting the curtain too much, but yeah, Ryan Katz, GQ money, whatever he goes by. He's a big shot over at NXT. Yeah. Since the beginning really, um, almost. Yeah. Huh? Almost since NXT's huh? beginning, he's been there. Yeah. So, hell yeah. So, I mean, he was there. He, he was there with, with, with Becky. He was there with all of them who shooting promos with their, uh, everything from the, so a lot of the main roster that uh, that you see now with, uh, uh, with with WWE came up with Smiley. Uh, so yeah, yeah, definitely. So that's the that's kind of like the tightrope of who do you who do you bring back? Who can you bring back? Who's around? Who you know? Obviously. You can't, I'm trying to do a, a reboot, not a reunion. I'm not trying to get a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, I'm not trying to get just incredible to roll out there, you know, with, with looking like just incredible and they, all right, now he's going to do a match. I mean, it's kind of fucking silly. So it, it's, it's not a extreme rising type of reunion. It's a reboot with all new kids and, and, you know, all new characters and uh, the, the business is different. It's changed. So we got to just kind of go from there. Who do you got on the card? Oh, Willie Mack, who it's Willie Mack is a great story. The fact that Willie Mack was an XPW fan uh, when he was 14 and 15 years old. Willie Mack used to go to the XPW shows. We actually have uh, uh, pictures and videos of him. Uh, wearing his XPW uh, uh, gear, being in the front row, and we've used it for promos that will be on XPW TV. So Willie's a great story, but here we are 20 years later, and Willie now is working for me. So Willie Mack, uh, Brian Cage, uh, Schlack, G-Raver, uh, oh God, uh, my brain. Uh, Colby uh, Carino. Uh, Bill, uh, no Colby. Colby pulled out, so no Colby Carino. Um, Bill Collier, uh, uh, Rhino. Um, oh God, uh, who else? Uh, uh, T.J. Perkins. Uh, 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 Casey Navarro, kind of upcoming guys. You know, Casey's a big upcoming guy. He's been uh, uh, going strong in MLW. Um, uh, Colin Delaney, a true ECW hardcore legend. <laughs> yes, Colin Delaney. That is that. That's a that's a little hint of where we're going with Colin as a true ECW hardcore uh, legend. Nice, nice. I remember um, from the uh, WBECW days, for sure. Yeah, there you go. There you go. He, in his promo, he worked for the ECW that didn't bounce checks. That is that is his exact promo. Um, let's see, who else? Oh, God. Oh, oh God, who else? I'm trying to think who else is on... Uh, who, who's on there? Uh, bah, bah, bah. Oh, Masada. How did I forget Masada? 
fucking Masada. Masada's on there. Uh, so those are those are just a, a, a few of the names, if you will, of uh, the guys that are part of the Rebirth show. And, you know, I guess you could say signed on to regularly appear uh, on XPW TV uh, and, you know, make it where it's not just some one-off reunion show, so to speak. So... There you go. And so, I know I'm missing people. Oh, oh, Matt Cross. And uh, uh, Matt Cross is part of it. Who, uh, people that remember XPW, he was uh, part of euthanasia with uh, uh, Josh Prohibition. So they were the tag team champions uh, back then. So Matt is, uh, uh, is part of uh, the XPW relaunch. Uh, Chris Claus the our announcer and uh voice of XPW. He's back as the voice of XPW. A very familiar voice uh with uh uh you know with the company. So you know there's a little there's a little sprinkling of guys from from the beginning and like I've always said when people ask, you can't get more original than the person that created it. So uh you know Two of the the shows that were done before don't count as anything other than in name, because if it's not me and I'm not part of it, then it's not really XPW. So, there you go. How were they able to run those shows? Did you sell them the name for a period? Because because the guys that I sold the company to uh, when I. Uh, got indicted by the the government and I needed to raise a quarter of a million dollars really quick. Um, they were able to put on the show. I mean, that was, that was, you know, that, that was, that was their right. They were able to do it. So that was big vision. That was the company that I sold it to. Right. Which eventually went uh, bankrupt or whatever they did. I, I, I hear they stole a group of people. Money. I think they still owe Rob Van Dam money, but um, that was the company. So they were able to do Cold Day in Hell, and uh, what was the other thing they they did? Cold Day in Hell, and um, I don't I don't even know. One of, they did one other show, so they they did two shows. Um, yeah. So there you go. So. What exactly happened, if we can bring that up all the way back when you did get indicted? What is the true story? What really went down? I know it was obviously the extreme associates versus the United States of America, but what's the the crux of it? Well, I mean, it's it's all been documented. Uh, I, I mean, it's the, the, when you say tr- the true story, it's all been documented. It's It's been documented by... Details magazine. It's been documented by 60 Minutes. It's been documented by Nightline twice. It's been documented by The Daily Show. It's. I mean, it. it there was no secret. It's just in 20 years, um, it's hard to believe that somebody could go to prison for making pornography or obscene material. Because we live in an age where everything is on the internet, 
and nobody in a million years could fathom you would get in trouble for downloading a pornographic clip, especially when somebody goes, what are you talking about? I could go online right now and watch animals fucking, and I could watch people drinking piss, and I, I could do all. Well, yeah, that's 2021. We live in a different time. Uh, in 1990, well, I mean, it started in 2000, but when Bush became president, you still had remnants of uh, an era in the Republican Party that was against porn, plain and simple. And you got an attorney general named John Ashcroft, and that was kind of the uh, payback to the donors that gave Bush uh, millions of dollars to, to, to win against Gore. And, and that's how it was back then. And it was the last of that era. And part of that was getting an attorney general that would go after porn. And part of the mission, part of that payback, was to go after online porn, to go after corruption in, uh, in, in politics in the form of media. And, and I'll get to what that means. Uh, and um, drug paraphernalia. So uh, buying bongs and buying um, marijuana uh, 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 pipes, you know, uh, uh, that type of stuff, which, again, 20 years ago was a no-no. There was no legalized. We didn't live in an era where we live now. So the whole weed being legal and being hip and cool and everybody's doing it, that, that, wasn't, that <laughs> wasn't around back then. That, that's not how, how we lived our lives back then. There was no Amazon uh, a prime. There was no Netflix. There was no streaming services. There was no Apple. There was none of that. There was no Facebook. Uh, there was no Twitter. There was no Instagram. None of that existed. Didn't exist. So when John Ashcroft became president, part uh, or John Ashcroft became attorney general, part of the mission was to go after all of those things. So they went after me. For the online porn, they went after a guy by the name of Cyril Weck, who was a famous coroner. So he was part of the O.J. Simpson trial, and he was part of various celebrity trials, but he also was the coroner in Allegheny County. So he would get called to do celebrity cases, and he would leave his post in Allegheny County, to then go on these celebrity, you know, corner things. And he'd be used to testify and be on TV and make millions of dollars. But he would also work for the county. Well, he would use, so they claimed, his office to do part of the celebrity corner stuff. And they didn't like that, but he also was a big Democrat donor. So they went after him. They went after Tommy Chong for his uh, uh, smoke shop, his paraphernalia company, and he would sell bongs, or his son 
would sell bongs cross state lines with his face and likeness on it. So it was uh, Tommy Chong uh, uh, paraphernalia. His his picture would be on a bong, and they would sell it to smoke shops into California, smoke shops into Texas, smoke shops all over the place. Well, that was a no-no. You weren't supposed to sell drug paraphernalia. Uh, it was only supposed to be for tobacco purposes. That's why when you would go to a smoke shop, you saw signs everywhere that said smoking paraphernalia is for tobacco use only. Anything, you know, uh, 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 drug related is against the law, blah, blah, blah. That was, again, a thing 20 years ago. So they tapped a young prosecutor named Mary Beth Buchanan to go after Tommy Chong, Rob Black, and Cyril Weck. And that is what she did. So she set up a sting operation to get drug paraphernalia sent into the Western District of Pennsylvania, which was Tommy Chong, which that nabbed him. They set up a sting operation to get uh, obscene material, which was Rob Black, who shipped product from California into Pennsylvania, Western District of Pennsylvania. And then she went after Cyril Weck in Allegheny County as the coroner. And that is how I got busted. It's how Tommy Chong got busted. And that's how Sarah Weck got busted. Tommy Chong took a deal. He eventually went to Taft Prison. I fought the government. And after close to a million dollars in legal fees and beating the case the first time and having it get uh, uh, all the way up to the third uh, district or third circuit of court of appeals, the government did. And uh, John Roberts and uh, Alito, who weren't Supreme Court justices then, they were part of the Third Circuit, remanded it back to our federal trial judge and said that he overstepped his bounds. And they uh, then uh, uh, set a court date, which I ran out of money, and uh, I made a deal. And Mary Beth Buchanan purposely didn't resign when Obama became president, which all the attorney generals, customary, customary are supposed to resign. And then, you know, they leave their post because the new administration appoints their own uh, 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 attorney generals. She wouldn't resign until uh, I went to prison. The day I got sentenced is the day she resigned her post, and then Obama was able to appoint a new attorney general. So with that being said, that is what happened. Uh, I didn't make snuff films, which is fucking ridiculous, because people would be murdered, and I, I would be in prison for life. They were films, regular old films, that by today's standards, uh, people would be offended that somebody would go to prison for making a film. And same thing with Tommy Chong. Think about today when you've got weed being legalized in practically every single state. And here's the, the guy going to prison for selling uh, bongs. It's just a different time. It was different time, different place, different different president, different administration. It was just different. And now 
you know, it's unthinkable for somebody to go. So you mean technically Rob went to prison because someone downloaded a filthy, dirty video in the privacy of their own home, kind of like what I do at Netflix? Yep. That's and that's bullshit. Well, no, but that's that's the reality of what happened, and that's that's the case. And that took down XPW. That that was what took down everything, because once that happened, I had to devote all my resources into fighting that case and trying to make money with porn to keep that machine going. And it was it was tough. You know, I never made any money doing wrestling. The, the, the hope was down the line that money would be made. Down the line, we would get a TV deal, down, which eventually happened. It just had a different name. It wasn't XPW. It was Wrestling Society X. Same people worked it. Same people were involved in it. It just didn't have the name XPW. And a lot of people made money from it. I didn't make no money from it. Nobody gave me a goddamn dime. But Kevin Kleinrock made a lot of money. Ryan Katz made a lot of money. X-Pac made money. Vampiro made money. Uh, Mark, and I don't remember Mark's last name, but he was somebody that co- that uh, uh, Shane Douglas brought in. His, 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 his real name was Mark, but his work name was Cody. Cody Michaels. Cody Michaels. Yeah. Cody Michaels made a lot of fucking money. Uh, the list goes on of people that made money except for Rob fucking Black. So that was the that was the hope was getting a TV deal. And I just you know, I I, I got busted. What the fuck whatever. It is what it is. So there you go. Dr. Mark Keenan, Cody Michaels. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mr. Chiropractor himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. I know, I know him actually pretty well. He's a good guy, but um, yeah. yeah. What What did you think though? Do you think that a mistake, maybe, or maybe a regret, combining trying to do the porn and the wrestling at the same time? Do you ever think like, oh, we should have kept them way separate? Do you, Do you think that maybe, I don't know, like is that a good thing to do to, to kind of almost combine them a little bit or do you look back and think you should have kept them separate, separate? Well, how do you, how do you keep it separate? You know what I'm saying? Like, like there, there is no way to keep it separate. Ultimately, ultimately the money is coming from the same place. So ultimately when Vince McMahon, what almost brought Vince McMahon down the steroid trial? Mm -hmm. Well, he had to defend himself. I mean, it's very similar. So here's, here's Vince McMahon getting it get getting indicted by the federal government and he's laying out millions of dollars to defend himself he's got people gunning for him left and right and it almost ruined him it is i mean it is what it is there was no way to separate the company because ultimately the money still came from rob black so ultimately when rob black goes down the company goes down there's no way the company stays in existence if Rob Black doesn't stay in existence. The money wasn't coming from anywhere else except for selling porn. Gotcha. So kind of, kind of, kind of doesn't 
it, it was what it was, you know, no different than even in today's era, Tony Khan's money doesn't come. It comes from all the other business ventures that the old man does. That's where their money comes from. Uh, I mean, where else does it fucking come from? Right. Yep. You know, I, I mean, it, so that, so, so I've heard, you know, other people, people that, you know, with their, with their revisionist history of the whole, oh, the, the separating of the companies, they, they had, the separating of the companies had nothing to do with anything. It, it is what it is. The money all came from the same place. End of story. End of fucking story. The money came from the same place. And without that money, there's no XPW. So it's like the chicken before the egg, the egg before the chicken. Without porn, there is no money for XPW. Without the porn infrastructure, there is no XPW competing to where it competed. So without the porn infrastructure, there is no tape distribution. There is no satellite deal when we had it in the beginning. All of those deals were in place because of the porn. Rather, it was somebody that wanted to get in with me because of the porn, or it was a connection I had because of the porn. I I mean, that's just the reality of it. So it's kind of silly at the end of the day. For people now to to go back twenty years later and oh well this and and the porn and, and it's like dude without the porn none of it would have been possible so you know while it was going everybody was fine while everybody was getting paid everybody was fine while everything was going hunky dory porn was fine. It's just now, uh, you know, 20 years later, everybody's got their, you know, their, their little, uh, uh, their little bullshit. Uh, oh, well, what about this? Or what about that? People like Smiley who are at NXT, he got there because of the porn. He got there because he showed, uh, I think Bill DeMont was there at the time. A whole, but Dusty was there. He basically was able to show all them how he was able to edit, how he was able to do the internet, how he was able to author DVDs, how he was able to shoot camera, how he was able to light. And they all went, wow, you know how to do all this? And he went, yeah, this is how I learned on porn. And then XPW. And they went, oh, so we're going to hire you, and you're not just going to be some wrestling guy. We could actually use you in the production end. And we could use you in the internet end. And we could, yeah, okay. Same thing with Kleinrock. I think Kleinrock still admits that uh, he is where he is because of XPW ultimately and the porn aspect. Without that, where the fuck, where is he going? Where's any of them going? What the fuck are they going to do? So, you know, it's easy to shit on porn, but, you know, if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have gotten to where we got. So, uh, I, I take a little offense to to the revisionist history on the porn aspect. I believe David Marquez as well, right? Didn't he also edit uh, porn and XPW and do all that kind of I, stuff I as guess. well? I don't, you know what, truthfully, John, I don't remember. I asked Kleinrock when I seen that clip 
of him saying he had to edit. I don't remember that, but I guess I guess so. I don't remember. Marquez wasn't with us for a long time. He really wasn't. A lot of you know, there's a lot of people that that when it's convenient for them, they'll say how they were with XPW. When it wasn't convenient for them, they weren't with XPW. When it's convenient for them, Kevin Kleinrock and them ran the show. When it isn't convenient, I mean, it's everybody has their own little revisionist history. Marquez wasn't with us for a long time. And Marquez came along because he had access to a production truck. And so he did, I think, two shows, maybe, maybe three. That was it. And I think when me and Kevin talked about it, I go, Kevin, I don't remember the whole porn thing. And Kevin goes, I think we gave him porn because he said the truck would be this amount of money. And you said, well, I I, I can't afford to give you X amount of money for the truck. But if you want to do some type of package deal, and I go, okay, I guess. Like, sure, I, 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 I guess so then. Like that, I, I guess that's what we did. But Kevin said he thinks we only gave him like two or three movies to, to, to edit. Because White Trash Johnny Webb was our porn editor. And he edited the TV show and all of our other stuff. But I guess so. Like, honestly, but I do know Marquez wasn't, he wasn't part of XPW for more than maybe one or two shows. That's it. Tops. Tops. That was it. And I think it was the one Pico Rivera with, uh, with where we had uh, um, Terry Funk wrestled Webb. And I think that was the one that Marquez did, I think. I, I I think that was the one, but he wasn't there that long at all. But you know, you, you listen to him; he'd sound, you know he'll tell you he was there for five years. Well, okay, <laughs> you know. So this Dark so, Side of the Ring documentary on Vice—you're not in it. How is that possible? You tell me. What do you? I mean, why? I mean, they asked me to be in it three different times. I said, I'm not doing it. Just like Kleinrock's not in it. White Trash Johnny Webb's not in it. Um, uh, who else? Uh, and any of the real players are not involved. There's not one person involved in that, in that dark side of the ring that was a real player. That was there from beginning to end. The, the, none of, nobody. Nobody. They called me up. They wanted me to do it. I said, uh, okay, what are, you, like, what are you doing? I go, you're going to do some bullshit expose and fucking bury us? He's like, well, we want you to tell your story. I go, why would I? Why? I go, I got my own show. I got, I, I got a document. I got a multiple documentaries. I got tons of footage. I got... I, you know, from the years of, of various things that we were doing, I go, I could tell my own story, especially now with technology. I go to film festivals. I could do, I, why? Well, because I don't, don't you think it would be good? Expo- I go, are you going to give me, are you going to give me a final cut? 
you know we can't do that. I said, well, then what the fuck do I want to do? Why would I do this? Well, you know, we could give you X amount of money. I said, I'm, I'm good, bro. I go, this ain't my first rodeo. I, I go, you know, maybe when you got me when I was 26 and I was a, a media whore and I would do every show known to man just to get, you know, when I ran for mayor, when I did all that, I go, but I'm 48 years old. I got two kids. I go, I don't need it unless I control it. And I'm not controlling it, so I don't need it. Well, well, just think about it. And, I mean, this is, this is probably an hour conversation, hour and a half. Then we talked again, probably a month later. And I said, no, nah, no, nah, I'm, I'm not interested. And then we talked one last time. And he goes, well, he goes, you know, uh, at the end, we're just going to say that we reached out to you and you gave us no comment. I go, no, you're not. I go, because I'm not giving you a comment. I'm not talking to you. I go, I'm ignoring you. I'm done. I go, we're finished. There is no no comment. I go, I'm, that's it. That's, that, I, you don't exist to me, bro. I go, that's it. So they've, you know, I, I don't exact, I not, haven't seen anything. I just hear little snippets through the rumor mill. And I know they reached out to my ex-wife. And they, and they fucking harassed her, like, really bad to the point where they, they got her really upset because they were playing the game of, well, if you don't respond to us, we're just going to say that you gave us no comment. You refi-. So, I mean, I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're trying to they're, they're, they're trying to play a, a you know, a, a hardball game. But, yeah, I'm not in it. Kleinrock's not in it. Smiley's not in it. Webb's not in it. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, they don't have anybody, anybody in the front office. Fuck. They got, they got fringe players. That's it. Fringe players, people, people that Luke Hawks, Luke Hawks was part of the company for a total of five months. He, yeah. Okay. Sure. Get the fuck out of here. So they're going to, they're going to say what they're going to say. And, uh, obviously I was, uh, uh, you know, I was somewhat vindicated with seeing all the hoopla that went around uh, 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 the plane ride from hell. Look at poor Tommy Dreamer. I mean, he got he got fucking buried. I mean, I've known Dreamer for twenty five years. I don't I don't know him, you know, really personally, so I can't a hundred percent talk about his character, but. All the experiences I ever had with Tommy, he was a, he was a generally nice person. We, you know, we played Madden football together at four o'clock in the morning, waiting for a plane flight for him to 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 get out um, at at my house back. You know, a hundred zillion years ago. Uh, generally, I never heard bad things about Dreamer, but. You know, he, he says a couple wrong things about something that happened 20 years ago when the guy gets fucking booted. He's canceled. I, so so why would I put myself in a situation where they're going to twist anything that I have to say? They're going to make me look bad. They're going to have people on there saying the most horrible things about me. They're not going to fact check. They're going to use shit from people that are dead why? It's silly. It's absolutely silly to do it. So 
at least I was I was proven somewhat right as it pertains to uh you know, look what they did to Tommy Dreamer. So there you go. And Rick Flair too. Try to get him canceled as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, Rick. That's a that's an old story, man. And that's a that's an old story. And that you know, there there there's a lot of nuance to to that story and what happened. Um, but hey. He's canceled. Rick's gone. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Dreamer gone. It's you know who who wants to be put in that situation. I mean, I'm sure there's not a lot of Rick Flair fans. There's a there, you know he's got a lot of heat from various people, but you know, wow, uh, something that was that was over and done with that gets brought up because the new uh, woke uh, you know Gen Z millennial uh, wrestling fan. Uh, decides that they're uh, appalled by it. Well, you know, there you go. So I'm good. I pass. People, you got to look at this way, John. People that don't like me aren't going to like me. People that like me are going to like me. There's nothing I could do to ever change somebody's opinion. So if somebody wants to do a little research about a lot of these topics, they can. But we live in a society right now where nobody does any research nobody's going to do any due diligence to find real stories i've seen more shit about me uh, uh, they're just you know they're 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 it's horrible this horrible stuff and there's no pushback nobody does any pushback uh, i think there's a lot of wrestlers out there that that talk a lot of shit because i think for a lot of years i was out of the spotlight so nobody figured that Rob Black would be back, but I'm a, I'm a pretty resilient guy. You know, the government did everything they could to try to literally kill me and they couldn't do it. And I bounced back and here I am going, yeah, what that wrestler's saying is full of shit. What that person's saying is full of shit. What that person, that's not the full story. There's a bigger story to that. And now it's kind of like, okay, you know, here I am. Now what? So I think a lot of people that that talked a lot of nonsense are kind of going, "Oh man, now what?" So it is what it is, and that was mainly why I decided not to do the dark side of the ring. There was no benefit from me for me doing it because any publicity that's going to come out of it is going to come off of it, whether I'm in it or not. Looking back at, like, XPW, just, like, as a whole, why did you want to kind of get wrestling? Were you, like, a big fan and, and wanted to start XPW? Did you feel like there was a niche? Did you kind of have a, a, a thing like, okay, I see ECW, I see, you know, a niche there. I could I see something where we could make money. Like, what was the, the thought process in getting even started with XPW? God, John, you might as well have you might as well have seven hours for this. Bro. <laughs> uh, I, well, you know, I I always always was a fan, like diehard wrestling fan, super fan. Uh, which I think, in order to be in the wrestling business in any way, shape, or form, you got to be a fan. If you're not a fan, why why would you be, um, you know, why would you be part of the wrestling business? You know, you got to be a fan. Um, so I watched wrestling. I, I was turned on to wrestling from, 
I mean, I always watched WWE. So I watched, uh, you know, Bobby Backlund and superstar Billy Graham and, you know, all of them. And somebody, a, a neighbor of mine who is three years older, turned me on to Georgia Championship Wrestling. And I was just like, this is, this is, this is real. Like, this is real wrestling. This isn't that. This is, oh, my God. I mean, just Georgia Championship Wrestling was just so in your face. And, not, and I'm not saying WWE, the, the Bob Backlund era was, was, was cartoonish, but there was just something about NWA, you know, Georgia Championship Wrestling that was, that was just different. And, and then watching uh, uh, World Class Championship Wrestling, because that was on, on ESPN and AWA, uh, wrestling. I again, you came home from school, and I'd watch AWA and World Class Championship Wrestling, and it was just like this is amazing. And then I'd watch Roller Derby at night because that was all ESPN was. It was garbage crap. There was no baseball or football or any real sports. It was wrestling and roller derby and weightlifting and fucking bass fishing. It was just shit. Um, and so I always loved it jump ahead how do you how, I, I you know how do you get into it you, how do you get into wrestling like, i don't know is fucking is you know it was unheard of how to how do you become a pro wrestler and it wasn't like getting into wrestling today so when i became rob black the the you know the 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 porn uh mogul so to speak um i always loved still loved wrestling, watched wrestling, was into wrestling. And at the time, AVN, it was a big deal to get a crossover award. So the, the, the gimmick was uh, being accepted by the mainstream. And at the time, Jenna Jameson was doing a lot of mainstream crossover stuff. And if you could get that crossover you were legitimate. You were, you, you, you were, you had made it in porn. And then of course you would do big sales and you would, you know, make, you know, bigger money. And so that was something that was a big deal. And around that time, I um, was in Rochester for my mom's graduation and ECW happened to be running at the local um, uh, auditorium. And my brother was sponsoring the show uh, uh, on the local radio. So I get a, and it just happened to be coincidence. That's why, you know, when you think about all of this, kind of the planets aligning, it's, it's wild how it happened. Now, I had no idea who fucking ECW was. I was WWE at WCW. I had no idea who ECW was. Like, absolutely no idea. So, I get a call, and my brother goes, hey man, I'm I'm at uh, the strip club at the time, Louis Cordial. He goes, I'm hanging out with a bunch of these ECW guys. You gotta come down, because there's, there's these two guys, the Dudley Boys, and they're big porn marks. Or, he didn't say mark. Big porn fans. I go, who? The Dudley boy. I, go, who? I don't know who the fuck the Dudley boys are. So 
I'm with Tom Byron at the time, and uh, we're again we're in Rochester, so I go to the Louis Cordo, and I'm like, yeah, hey, man, my brother wants me to go to town. We'll go to strip club. They had a, some wrestling show, so we go there, and the two Dudley boys are Bubba Ray and uh, and Big Dick. So we just start fucking hanging out, and and Bubba is just like, oh my god, Tom Byron. Oh my! I mean, you want to talk about a fucking porn mark? Oh my god! You can't get more of a porn mark than than fucking Bubba, man. He knows every porn actress. Every, I mean, everything. Oh my god! I mean, just like a little kid. So we hit it off, and we you know part ways that night, and we exchange numbers. I go back to Rock, you know, back to my house, uh, my childhood house, and uh, then I eventually go to L.A. And me and Mark just start, or Bubba, start talking like friends, like real fucking friendship. And uh, he's like, dude, we got a show in New Orleans. You want to come out for the show? You want to do? So now I start hanging out in ECW. I start hanging out backstage, but not backstage with the boys. Because it was still kayfabe. So it was, you know, still, no, no, you know, they wouldn't bring me backstage backstage. But, you know, back in the parking lot. Back, uh, you know, where everybody hung out after the show. Things like that. Well, now I start seeing an opportunity to get involved. Because Jenna had already got involved with ECW. Jenna had done a spot. Jenna now is did did the WWE thing with the Godfather. So now I'm looking at it as the crossover stuff. And the guy who owns AVN at the time, Paul Fishbein, is a fucking huge wrestling mark. So now I'm seeing how do I get on ECW? How do I get the crossover award? So this was all about a fucking porn award in the beginning. How do I get that crossover award so then I could sell more porn tapes, I could get my contract girls noticed, and I could have fun and live out my childhood dreams of being part of the wrestling business. And that's how it started. Well, that's starting to happen, and I'm going to more and more ECW shows. And at one point, uh, uh, Bubba tells... Uh, Paul, he goes, uh, he goes, hey, man, because we start talking about advertising, because I said to him, I go, Bubba, man, how do we advertise? Because I see that uh, Paul has phone sex ads during during some of his shows. How do we, you know, how do we do this? And I go, and I know he has Steve Carroll as his money guy or part of his pay-per-view guy. And Steve Carroll does big with porn because Steve Carroll sells uh, a porn in the cable market. So I knew Steve from that aspect. So Bubba talks to Paul and he basically is like, dude, this, this porn guy, Rob Black wants to be part. He wants to do this. And, you know, of course you need money. And, And it was that type of situation. So, um, I went and I did a show at the, I think the Queens show. And it wasn't on TV, but we used it. We did it. It was almost like a dark spot with Big Sal 
and Lizzie was part of it. I was part of it. Tom Byron was part of it. And we came out and we were like, uh, uh, we were, um, uh, like a manager, like for, for big Sal and, uh, Paul let me use the footage for, and put it in one of our, uh, pornos. Paul was like, yeah, dude, I don't give a fuck. You know, it was like, so that was kind of the start of how do we, how do we do business? And in Paul's mind, how do I get this fucking quasi mark to give me money to keep ECW floating? But I'm not that much of a fucking mark because I need something in fucking return. You, know? <laughs> you ain't you ain't giving me just some dark spot. I need to fucking I, I need you know I need something. I need to be able to 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 do a pay per view. I need some real mainstream maneuvering because I need to get that stupid crossover award. <laughs> so. So this is the shit that, that that I'm doing in my head. Paul's trying to figure out how to get me to lay out money. And, you know, Bubba's just trying to figure out how to score with porn checks. So that's this tightrope that we're all playing. So while this is going on, and I'm starting to get that fucking wrestling bug, I one day am sitting around the house and I go, to, to Lizzie, I go, man, why didn't I just start my own wrestling company? I go, you see fucking ECW. These fucking guys, their production value shit. They're, they're, they're on the balls of, of their, you know, of their asses. Uh, uh, Big Dick gave me the 411. Motherfuckers are barely getting paid. When people are getting paid, they're getting paid, you know, $200, $150. So I start thinking, oh, I could do this. And instead of me trying to figure out how to fucking be, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the crossover thing with Paul and how am I going to pull this off? Fuck, starting up my own wrestling company, that's the cr- there's nothing bigger than a crossover award for that. So I start thinking, how do I pull this off? Wow. Wow. I'm trying to fucking get my people involved in ECW. So now me and Paul have a big powwow. He comes into town to go have a big meeting at the time with, I think, TNN, whatever that first TV deal they had. And so I pick him up at his hotel and we go to the Rainbow Room. We're fucking hanging out. and We're trying to figure out how we could advertise porn on the... Uh, on the tape shows that he has, you know, all the paid shows and all the shit that he has in all the different markets. So I'm trying to figure this out, and Paul's trying to figure it out, and we're trying to figure out, okay, if we do phone sex ads that lead to an Internet page that then goes to another website, and it was all these intricate works to try to pull that off. And I'm like, okay, Paul, I go, but how do we get Jasmine to be on the show? Well, you know, and I go, well, Paul, I go, I'm not going to start, you know, forking out five and $10,000 a month for advertising if, A, we don't know if it's going to work as far as getting us on these phone sex ad things, and B, if I can't get Jasmine and get 
talent doing stuff. I go, I need to get in there. You had porno people on before. I need to have Jasmine in there. So then Paul comes up with the idea to have Jasmine do a spot on the pay-per-view in Asbury Park, which she gets stunned by Francine. And it didn't make it on the pay-per-view. It was during a commercial break or something like that. But we were at the fucking pay-per-view. It was in front of the live audience. And it kind of pissed me off because it didn't make the pay-per-view. Because then I can't say to the crossover people, we were on the pay-per-view. But it still got me some, some juice. And by this time, I'm really entrenched with ECW. But at this point, I'm really going, if I don't get what I want, I'm going to start this wrestling company. So the owner of AVN and the owner of Vivid invite me to go to uh, CWWF at the time at uh, Anaheim. And we go to Anaheim and when I come out of the show uh, there's flyers on our car for a show called SCCW and it's at uh, the UCLA Pavilion and it's got Yokozuna on uh, as the headliner and I go what the fuck is this and Fishbine's like oh it's like a, an indie fed I go what the fuck is an indie fed because now at the time I don't know anything about indie feds. I don't know that there's random people that have random wrestlers that are trying to be a wrestling company. I only know WWE, WCW, and this W and this ECW company. But I don't look at ECW as an indie fed because they're on fucking TV. I I don't you know they're they're on TV. They're on all these different markets. It's it's like syndicated. So I'm not looking at it like it's not a network thing. And by that time, I know ECW. I've gotten all the tapes, and I've gotten boxes of tapes, and uh, Bubba would send me, or Dreamer would send me merch, boxes of merch and T-shirts, and I would wear T-shirts during porn videos and tell people to watch ECW and shit like that. So, and, and at this time, John, I'm using Big Dick and Bubba as bodyguards when I'm going to the AVN Porn Awards. And I got video of that. So this isn't just me running my mouth. They're, I got video of them being my bodyguards at these, at these conventions. So I see this flyer. And now Paul Fishbein is telling me about indie wrestling. And I'm like, this is amazing. Oh, my God. Because what do you think is in my head? I'll buy an indie fed. That's because I can't figure out. How do you start a wrestling company? I'm like, how do you get the wrestlers? How do you get the ring? How do you how do you how do you do any of this? Where do you begin? I don't know how to begin. What do I do? I don't know how to do this. So when I see this flyer, I'm like, I will buy this company. Yeah. Because I got videos, I got production crews, I got all this stuff. So I call them up and Kevin answers. And uh, I'm like, hey, man, my name's Rob Black, and I own Extreme Associates, and blah, blah, blah. And I go, let's, uh, let's, let's have a meeting. And uh, Kevin's like, uh, okay, well, blah, blah, blah. 
And I'm like, I don't know, maybe we could work together. Maybe. So now we have a meeting because at this time, everything with ECW is going slow. So, you know, I'd done the pay-per-view, but it wasn't on pay-per-view. Uh, I'm doing all of these events uh, and going to their events, but it's not what I want. Paul wants money, but he doesn't want to tell me how and what I'm going to get. And now Bub is telling me that he's getting offers from WWE. So now I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Well, what the fuck? You know, I'm like, and now, and now at this time, Bub is telling me all the problems that are really going on in ECW. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, this doesn't sound good. You know, I'm like, fuck. You know, but okay, I'm, 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 I'm a, you know, I'm a street guy. So I'm trying to play all sides. You know, I'm like, okay, where's, wh- wh- how am I, I going to get my crossover award? <laughs> That's all I'm thinking about. I'm like, how am I going to get my fucking crossover award? How am I going to be able to translate all of this into tape sales? And how am I going to translate this into some of these other video deals that I'm trying to make with these different cable companies where I can make my movies into softcore and it could be worth about a million or $2 million for me. So I'm always thinking about the, the bigger picture. I'm always thinking about the money, the million. That's how I'm looking at it. So I have the meeting with Kleinrock. Me and Kleinrock have the meeting and he walks in with his guys. And I go, holy fuck, he's a kid. He's a little boy. And so they sit down. We're at Fridays. And he goes, uh, hi, I'm Kevin. This is Patrick Hernandez. This is uh, uh, Darren. Uh, uh, I don't remember what Dynamite D's fucking last name is. And uh, he goes, we own SECW. And then he hands me a, a, a book. And he goes, this is our business proposal. And I'm looking at it. And it shows what they own, their assets, what I would get for investing, what their, you know, what their, their 12 month plan is, all of this stuff. And I'm looking at it and, and, you know, this is when you could smoke outside on, on, on premises and I'm smoking, I'm smoking camel filters, wives, drinking, I fucking already got like five tall boy, you know, 16 ounce beers in me. I'm like, listen, I go, I I don't know about this. And and Kevin's like, well, and I'm thinking more, I'll fucking buy you. And he's like, what? And I'm like, I'll buy you. And you guys just come work for me. I go, but this bullshit here, nah. I go, I'm talking bigger than this. I go, I ain't running no fucking show in a goddamn school. I go, I'm talking about video distribution. I'm talking about this. I'm talking, I go, but we got to put shit on hold right now because right now I'm trying to work a deal with ECW. You know, you heard of ECW. And, and Kevin and them are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, so I'm trying to work a deal with ECW. If I can work a deal with ECW, I might be able to distribute their product in my Brazilian company. And so that was some of the other things that me and Paul were exploring was how do I become almost like a partner with the tape distribution in some of the foreign markets? Because I own a, a big company in, uh, in Brazil, in South America, and fucking, oh, I mean, I'm making big money out there. So I'm thinking, 
with the distribution that I have, they also are doing the UFC, and this is back with the, the Gracies, and they're just beating the fuck out of each other, and there's no rules or any of that crap. So I'm like, I don't want to fuck my shit up with ECW right now, but let's, you know, let, let's keep this dialogue going. Let's figure out how much you guys want for the company. I go, you could work for me. Uh, how many years do you got left at UCLA? And Kevin's like, I got a year left. I'm like, okay. I'm like, what about you? And so we all leave with the pretense of I'm buying SECW. I'm, I'm absorbing them. They're going to work for me. But we're going to put it on hold until I figure out what's going on with ECW. So as the weeks and months go on, and I'm telling Kat, and we're kind of going ahead with the company. And at one point, Kevin brings in Sheldon Goldberg to 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 be part of the company, or or, or almost be part of the company. We sit down, and I don't know much about wrestling at the point, except for you know I'm a fan and. I know what I, I, I want and what I want to see. So we sit down and Sheldon is, is talking about, you know, this is what you're going to have to do and this and that. And of course, you know, I look at people that tell me what to do and I go, well, what the fuck have you done? You know, that's always my first thing of, well, what have you done? Why aren't you working for Vince McMahon? Why aren't you making any fucking money? Why am I talking to you and you're too, you know? And so, you know, I'm like, eh, okay, whatever. And so we start throwing around names of the company. And one of the ideas was, well, you, 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 you got to call it XPW. And it's like X being the X factor. And so, you know, we're all kicking that around. And it's like X pro wrestling. And it's what's the X stand for? It's the X factor. And I'm like, yeah, but it sounds too much porny, and I don't want it to be porn wrestling. So I didn't want it to be like, well, people were thinking we're fucking in the ring, something like that. And I go, I don't know. So the concept of XPW was there, and what did the X mean? It was the X factor. It just meant X, which if you – think ahead how do you think wrestling society x was named wrestling society x what's the x the x factor that was the fucking what xpw again when i bring all this up and people who aren't in the know or they they only believe the bullshit that they've heard because i haven't spoken out about a lot of this stuff they go, oh, wow, you know, oh, okay, the plot thickens. So we agreed to, you know, maybe work, you know, doing something, maybe not. But I remember when he left and I just said to Kevin, dude, fuck that. I go, I'm no fucking Mark. I go, I'm not some chump. What do you, I'm not paying this fucking guy to be a consultant. Kevin's like, well, you know, I just thought he'd be, you know, somebody that we could talk to. Okay, great, whatever. I was like, you know, I'm whatever. Fucking find me somebody that that you know makes money. That that was part of a company that drew and and did all of this. So again, all of this is on the horizon. 
And I'm like, all right, we still got to put this right here because the ECW thing really is, 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 is going to be something. So now again, the timing on some of this stuff could be weeks, could be, you know, a month. I then start getting wind that Heyman is brokering a deal where he's going to uh, have all of this stuff with, again, rather it was TNN or, or whoever it was, and all the ties that I'm trying to work are going to be done. Because who the fuck wants to be associated with a with a porn company? So I'm hearing this, and then Bubba at one point hits me up and goes, uh, "Hey, you know, I don't I don't mean to cause any drama or anything." Uh, he goes, "Did Paul ever give you permission to use that uh, footage from the Madhouse with Sal in a?" in a video. And I go, why? And he goes, did Paul ever give you, per-? I go, well, we filmed, we were there. Paul was with the, I mean, yeah, of course. He goes, yeah, but did you ever get anything in writing? I'm like, no. And he's like, ah, yeah, man. I, you know, I did. So I'm like, bro, I go, what the fuck are you trying to pull right now, Bubba? And, and he goes, I, I, you know, I just, you know, and, and, and he goes, and then you use like footage of me and Dreamer at, at in Whack Attack 5. And, and I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, so now I'm starting to go, okay, what the fuck is going on? And obviously, as, as, as the weeks go on, Bubba's trying to get the deal with WWE, and he's shitting himself that he's in a porn, and Paul's trying to get the deal with TNN, and he doesn't want to have the association with fucking me. So now, I'm hot. I'm like, what the fuck? And Paul does an interview where he disavows ever knowing me ever doing anything with me, it's as if I never existed. And then around that time, I get word that Bubba is signing the deal with WWE, and I'm getting the word from Big Dick because Bubba and Devon went and didn't take Dick, and Dick got left behind. Because the WWE said, well, all he does is walks around outside the ring. We Fuck him. What do we need? And Dick felt, you know, like, hey, man, we were all together. And wow, okay. So now Dick starts kind of smarting me up to everything. And now I'm like, motherfucker. So I start fucking hitting up Paul. Now Paul's not returning my calls. Um, I'm not hearing anything from Bubba, and I basically go to Kleinrock, and I say to him, hey, man, uh, we're doing XPW now, and he goes, okay, like now? And he goes, what's going on? I go, 
go take a look, blah, blah, blah. He, he goes, oh, my God, I can't believe Paul did that. And Kevin met Paul because Kevin went with me to all those things out in uh, the East Coast. So Kevin's like, I can't believe Paul said that. I can't believe this is going on. Oh, my God. I go, we're doing XPW. And on top of that, you know what the XPW stands for? You know what X stands for? And he goes, what? I go, extreme. That's what it stands for. And I'm going to shove it right up his fucking ass. And that's how we got extreme XPW. Because of fucking Paul and fucking Bubba. So now... We go ahead with XPW, X stands for extreme, and now we start making noise with the press releases. So now, all of a sudden, I start getting hit up at the fucking, my office from Bubba. Well, Bubba is starting to get heat because his deal's not done with fucking WWE, and Paul's giving him heat because... Paul's looking at Bubba brought me in and now I'm motherfucking Paul and calling him names. I'm shooting on him. I took an ad out in wow, where I fucking shot on him. And now I'm like fucking hell bent on just rage. So now I'm not returning Bubba's calls. So the show they did in Chicago and again, this is in all circumstances. The show they did in Chicago, and I don't know what it was, but around the same time, I'm doing a convention for a local porn company. And little did I know, I'm staying at the same place that fucking... ECW is staying at. And I didn't know this. I mean, you couldn't write this stuff writes itself. And this is all a fucking shoot, man. So now I walk into the hotel, me, Lizzie, Iraq, and one of the other girls. And all of a sudden, I'm looking around and I see some of the boys. And I see Francine. And I'm like, and Francine, her fucking mouth drops. And she takes off, like almost does a mad sprint. And I go up to the counter and I put my fucking, you know, my credit card down. And Lizzie's like, what the fuck is going on? And I go, is, is ECW here? And I hear behind me, fucking black, black. And I turn around, it's fucking Bubba. He goes, don't come over here. And I'm like, and I turn around and I just shake my head. And I'm like, mm, and I just, I just keep shaking my head. And Bubba's like, come here. And I'm shaking my head. And now I turn back around and I'm, filling out my credit card and Bubba now walks up because we need to fucking talk. I'm like, I ain't going nowhere, bro. And he's like, dude, and he's just like, like old Bubba stuttering. And I'm like, bro. And now Paul comes around the corner and Paul's looking at me 
And he just starts laughing. And I'm just like, what's up, Paul? Paul was like, we got to fucking talk, man. And I'm just like, I ain't going fucking nowhere, bro. So uh, he's like, dude, we'll go over here. We're not, And I'm like, that's fine. Okay. And so uh, we start walking and Lizzie's like, Bubba, fucking nothing better happen. He's like, nothing's going to happen. So me and Bubba go into the fucking, like, into a little lobby area off the off the main lobby. And Bubba's like, dude, what the fuck? And I'm like, I should be saying the same thing to you. So we just start talking and talking. And everything gets kind of chilled out and, and you know, non-heated. And we just kind of fucking, you know did a nod and a wink and Bubba basically said, I'm gone. I'm in WWE. We're good friends. Don't worry about nothing. And, uh, you know, you shouldn't do wrestling cause it sucks and you're going to lose a ton of money, but Hey, it's all good. And that was it. And that's how XPW was fucking born. And Bubba even did a Chris Jericho interview years ago where he told Jericho, that he was the reason that I was in the business. He goes, I got robbed. He goes, a shoot to the, he goes, a rib to the business. I got robbed black in the business. And Jericho was like, no way. And he's like, yep. And Jericho's like, one day we'll have to talk about that. And that's how it started. Were you okay with Bubba saying a rib to the business or? Was, is that like a yeah, is what? that like a little shot you think? Well, sure. I mean, it was it, it you know it was what it was. I mean, it was you know it was uh, I, I I don't oh why did he say that? The fuck! It, I thought it was funny. It was a fucking you know it's funny because Bubba is the reason. Bubba is the reason that fateful day in. A strip club in 1999, or no, it'd be, fuck, we started in 98, so it was 97, I think it was. Yeah, 97, I think, that fateful day in a strip club. Um, yeah, and, and me and Bubba were friends after, me and Bubba didn't, me and Bubba didn't become unfriends until when I went to prison. We lost touch. And then recently, so when I got out of prison, we had, we had talked again. I, You know, it's funny. Bubba and me, when Bubba tried to rehab his image, and I think it's kind of like in the, you know, the, the, the Twitter era, and when he got with Velvet. Because when I got out of prison, me and Bubba talked. We actually seen each other. And that was 2012, 2013. We still talked. We talked when he was running his angle with Hogan. And, and we would talk. And I'd be like, dude, it's fucking badass. You're, you're Bully Ray, man. You're running against Hogan. And we would talk. And then we fell out. We just stopped talking and I don't know why I don't know how and then we just stopped talking and I reached out to him months ago and he never responded 
I reached out to him through different people, and I never got a response. And I didn't know if these people who said they knew him really knew him because, you know, everybody knows everybody, so they say. So then I reached out to Carino and, you know, because of Smiley, and Carino reached out to Dreamer and said, uh, hey, man, Rob Black is, is trying to, you know, talk to, 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 to Bully. Is Bully avoiding him or is just not the right people trying to, you know, reaching out to him? And Dreamer uh, uh, messaged uh, Carino back, he's avoiding him. I was like, wow. I was like, that's fucked. And so I got the word back that Bubba was blowing me off, trying to avoid me. So rather that's because he's on a new, you know, he's got his busted open radio and he's got Velvet Sky and he's trying to distance himself from, from the non-politically correct bully and he does, he's afraid he's going to get canceled. I don't know. I mean, I know he hasn't had a, you know, he's a reformed degenerate. So I don't know, but that's the XPW and how I got into XPW, how we started it, why we started it. Now there's probably some gaps in the timeline and what came first or whatnot, but all of that stuff is, is complete shoot. Now I, I will fucking put that on my kids' lives. That's how legit all of that is. Like I said, timing-wise and, and way things went down uh, could be off, but legit deals with Paul, all of that stuff and where I was and, and, and Paul disavowing me and me getting upset, all of that stuff is, is a legit shoot on how it all began. So as we hit the wind down and head towards the finish, what's, I know it's maybe impossible, what's the, the high point for you for XPW? What's like shiny moment, the top of the heap, XPW moment? <clears throat> I, I, you know, I, I guess probably when we did the, it wasn't a live pay-per-view, but at the time, we got a best of XPW on pay-per-view on in-demand. And I think that was our, I think that was the, that, that we made it type of thing. Like we were the, we were the true indie company that was no longer an indie company because we got pay-per-view. And, and again, Back then, it was a big deal to be on in demand. It was a big deal to be on pay-per-view in any way, shape, or form. You know, when, when Paul did his first live pay-per-view, that was a big deal. You know, back then, having a pay-per-view every month was a big deal. Uh, you know, every other month for not, a, not WWE was how you did it because it cost so much money. So for us... To, to have an in with the cable companies and to be able to have our best of on pay-per-view and for us to be able to go on Time Warner Cable and all the cable companies that were around back then and go, oh, my God, look, the best of XPW. 
that was that pinnacle spot. That was we made it. That was oh my god. Um that that was the business sense of being taken um uh, uh for you know as a legit company and I'll tell you another moment and and, and as much as as it pains me to to say it because it it makes his ego uh bigger than it needs to be and because I actually put people over that that did good. I, you know, like I said, I, I have a big bone to pick with a lot of people only for the simple fact that I'm the scapegoat for everything bad and anything good wasn't me. So even when you catch somebody going, oh, that was really cool in XPW, it wasn't me. I had nothing to do with it. I, I, I was, you know, playing with my balls somewhere in, in a parking lot. But for everything bad, that was all on me, about 100% me. Anything good, it was, you know, Kevin Kleinrock or for the brief time that Shane likes to say he was the booker. It was Shane Douglas. It was a, me. I had nothing to do with anything. I, I was just a, a jerk off. Um, but the moment Shane was at the palace, and he came out and cut a shoot promo while he was still employed by East by uh, WCW was the ultimate. It was the, and again, it doesn't get the credit that it should get because if you give XBW credit, you have to give me credit, and by giving me credit. You have to put me over, and nobody ever wants to put me over. So you have to shit on anything that was really good. Shane was working for WCW at the time, and it was it was right around the time when they all did their little walkout. So it was Shane, Benoit, Guerrero, Malenko. It was that era when there was that unrest in WCW. And Shane wanted to leave, uh, you know, Benoit, all of them. But, of course, WWE didn't want Shane Douglas because Shane Douglas is a pain in the ass, and he already burned all of his bridges in WWE. But, nonetheless... He was part of that group. And again, this is all a fact check. You could look in the history uh, uh, back then and and see when it was uh, happening. I had um, Chris Candido at the time. And I had uh, Axel Rotten. And I had Big Dick Dudley. So when all of that was going on with those guys... They all didn't give a fuck, and they were, like, talking to other companies. Like, like they were, like, nobody gave a fuck. Everybody was just being really, really fucking, really shitty. And I had started the conversation with Shane. Candido set it up that if he left WCW, 
him coming to work for me. And so we had that conversation. And um, I happened to be in Florida at the time. So me and Shane were talking, and it was like, I, you know, I'd love to do this. I think you would, you, you know, you would, you would be great, you know, fucking jerking them off, doing the whole thing. But for me, Shane was still, he still had juice back then. You know, he, he, he hadn't, he, he wasn't the Shane Douglas that was trying to get a promotion going in Las Vegas and basically got fooled by a fucking money mark. And got all these people to sign, you know, contracts and people uprooted their lives and moved to Vegas. And uh, he shot a pilot with, you know, Chris Kloss doing the announcing and, you know, all that. I mean, mm-hmm. yep. he got suckered. He got fucking bamboozled and made all he looked like a fucking asshole. So this is back when Shane still had some fucking juice. And, and you know, it was it was it was. Shane Douglas. So I said, listen, we're doing a big show at the palace. And uh, why don't you fly out? I'll fly you out. Just come out and see the show. See the operation. You know, I just come and check it out, man. You know, and I go, Candido is uh, uh, Candido's going to win the belt that night. I go, it's, it's a, it's going to be a cool thing, man. And, so he agreed to come out. So I fucking got him a plane ticket and he flew out and nobody knew he flew out because he didn't want nobody to know. Uh, and, and that was, you know, that, that was a, uh, the, the kind of like that first taste. So uh, uh, Candido and them, we're all, you know, we're, we're all talking backstage and uh, Candido throws out there, hey, man. You know, uh, with all this, this rumors and everything that's going on, he goes, you know, it'd be kind of cool. And uh, uh, he goes to uh, uh, me and Shane, he goes, uh, maybe uh, we throw the franchise shirt out there when I win the belt. And, and maybe we'll uh, play the music and that will kind of, uh, you know, get uh, uh, get the rumors going. And obviously they were using this as a way to, get WCW to the table to restructure the deals or to go to WWE. I mean, everybody was working everybody. Because let's not forget, Candido went back to WCW a very short time after he was with us, and he went and and got re-signed by them. So, of course, everybody's working everybody, but I don't give a fuck because I'm like, you know, well, fuck, if if the shirt goes out, uh, and and the rumor starts on the little Meltzer sheet. And people, you know, maybe you know that could push us up to, you know, we're we're you know we're not just this indie anymore. You know, we've got you know main talent that's trolling around backstage, and oh my god, yeah. So, uh, the the tro- Troy Shane agrees with with Candido to to do the shirt gimmick. So I'm like, oh wow, this is fucking, this is gonna be cool, you know. This this is this is gonna be fucking badass. So now, Candido, we, we get to the show. I'm on in Gorilla. Kevin does the music. So now, 
um, uh, we get ready for the spot. The the fucking lights go off, and um, uh, the music comes on. So no one knows anything that's going on. None of the boys know. Nobody knows anything. So the lights are off, and I'm sitting there looking at Gorilla, and I'm like, and I'm like, to Kevin, and, and the ref can hear, and everybody else on the speaker can hear. I go, is is he? It, and like, I'm I can't believe what I'm fucking seeing. And all of a sudden, the lights go on when they're supposed to go on, and fucking Shane stand in the middle of the fucking ring. And you just hear all of us in the headsets going, oh, my God, holy fuck, oh, my God. And, and it's like, holy fuck. And he fucking just went out there. And he's fucking standing there, and he grabs the mic, and he's like, cut the music. And he does, and that's when he cuts the promo of, I'm probably going to get in trouble for this. But then I decided... You know, whatever. I, who gives a fuck? And the fucking place goes unglued. And he cuts that 10-minute promo where he talks about he's going to sue WCW and he's going to bring their millions on his back and he's going to bring come to uh, XP. Dude, that was, that was, that was a fucking, um, that was a total amazing moment. And he never came back until a while. Well, he did one match during that influx that involved Sabu and Chris Candido. And then after that, he went back to WCW because then they worked out all their contracts. Benoit and them went to WWE. Shane stayed with WCW. And then... Once that new regime came in, they were like, yeah, get the fuck out of here, Douglas, you asshole. <laughs> and then he hit me up and said, all right, brother, all right, brother. And that's when he came and he came to me full time. But that first spot for the palace, that was the other kind of defining moment. But because we're XPW, Everybody was like, fuck them, fuck them, fuck Rob Black. But, I mean, I don't know any other time in the wrestling kind of business that that something similar to that happened. I mean, that was a very, I mean, bro, that was, that, that I mean, again, it's Shane Douglas, so people aren't going to give Shane credit because he's Shane, and nobody's going to give us credit, but that's a very Ric Flair showing up on WWE with the belt. You know, that, that, that's, yeah. that's that type of moment. You know, Shane picks up the phone, and that's when Kevin Sullivan was the booker. And he goes, uh, Kevin Sullivan, you sawed-off piece of dick-sucking cunt. You piece of shit. And, and, he's, and he pretends, I mean, I, maybe he did, but he's cutting the promo in the, in the cell phone. So, again, that was – he was under fucking contract still. <laughs> he was fucking under contract. So that was a big moment, and we didn't get no credit. <laughs> I 
mean, we, we didn't get no credit. We still don't get any credit. But that and being on pay-per-view were the two moments that I kind of went. And I, and I mean, I, I mean, complete shoot, bro. Complete shoot. And I don't give a fuck. Complete shoot. When Shane was cutting that promo, I had like fucking tears in my eyes. Because that was the, we had arrived. We had done something that, you know, I thought it would, would be history making. Again, people hated us, so nobody gave us any props. But I, I sat there and I went, this is historic because this dude is under contract. This dude is doing something that he's not supposed to be doing. And wow, this is amazing. And I, I you know, we've got it. We've got it. This is, this is our moment. This is, this is us. And we, I mean, I think, um, God, I don't know what celebrity was in the attendance. Uh, Jonathan Davis might've been in the attendance in, uh, or Carrie King from Slayer. I mean, this is our, one of our shows in Hollywood. And I mean, it was, it was a big deal, man. It was a really big deal. And it, 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 it was amazing. And I remember it got done and he comes backstage and everybody was just like, wow. I mean, and, and Shane's phone, you know, that later on that night was, he was getting blown up by everybody. And he was just like, I remember him going, I'm in so much trouble, brother. I'm in so much trouble, brother. And I'm like, oh man. And it was like, yeah. And yeah, that was, that was a, a big moment for us. And it, I'm, you know, I, I remember, like I said, I, I had tears in my eyes, like, fuck, man, that was awesome. And I remember Kleinrock, same thing, man. He was like, how did you pull that off? I was like, dude, I didn't pull it off. I go, Candido pulled that off. I go, that motherfucker got caught up in the moment, and Chris was egging him on, saying, you know, you, you, you know, because Chris had that stutter when he would get going, and he was just like, you should come out, you, you, you should come out. What are they going to do? And I just remember thinking, there's no way Shane's going to come out. And then he did. I had no idea. Nobody, none of us knew. No one knew. And him doing it was just strictly, he got caught up in the fucking moment because Candido was egging him on. Then he was like, fuck it. I'm, I'm going to make that moment. So that, that was, that was the other moment that in uh, the pay-per-view, those are our, that those are the two biggest moments for me. Everything after that was, you know, is the fucking wrestling business. You know, years of just dealing with just all this bullshit, <laughs> this drama of the wrestling business. But those are the those are the two defining moments. Well, on November seventh, Rochester, New York, you got the rebirth. Let everybody know one last time where they could see it, how they can get involved, and a little bit of a push for that show on November seventh for XPW. November 7th on the Fight Network, you can order it. Uh, we are crowning the first heavyweight champion since Shane Douglas. So Shane was the last person to hold the title. Uh, uh, he, 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 never, he never walked away from XPW, and then we kept going without him because he was, he was upset at things that were going on. 
our last show uh, was in Pittsburgh, the Battle of the Burg, and exactly one month later, the federal government busted me. So Shane Douglas uh, is still technically recognized as the XPW World Champion. He even has the belt. Um, so it's the first time we will have a new champion since Shane. Uh, we're crowning it. It's an eight-man tournament with Brian Cage, Willie Mack, Masada, uh, 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 JTP, um, Bill Collier, Matt Cross, Rhino, and and who's the 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 eighth guy? The eighth guy? The eighth guy? Oh, uh, Casey uh, um, Navarro. Uh, Navarro. <laughs> Those eight guys will be competing in the tournament to crown the new XPW champion. So it's going to be amazing. Uh, we also have Schlack. We have G Raver. We have Colin Delaney. Uh, we have a, a, a bunch of other surprises that will be appearing. Uh, Chris Kloss will be back uh, for the voice of XPW. Uh, there's a little something for everybody. There's a little something for the, for the old fans. There's a little something uh, for the, uh, for the new fans, and there's a little something for people that have no idea what XPW was. They just heard it through the rumor mill and all the, the good or the bad. Um, you can get it on Fight, like I said, November 7th, uh, bell time at 6 p.m., uh, or you could be there live in Rochester, New York. Uh, and I've had people say if the company was started in California, why in Rochester, New York? Because this is where I'm living as of right now. And since I haven't done a show in 18 years, I needed to be a little bit more hands-on. And doing it here, I can be more hands-on. I've been at the venue 10 different times and, you know, helping with building the sets and making sure everything runs smooth and the production. I can't do that if we do the show in California. So for the first time back in 18 years, I just wanted to be more hands-on than when we go back to California in January. So that's why it's in upstate New York. That's why it's Rochester, New York. And AEW was just here about two weeks ago uh, because uh, uh, Luke Harper was uh, born and raised here. So um, there's some wrestling roots uh, here in the uh, greater Rochester area. So if you can't be here live, uh, go on the Fight Network and order uh, XPW Rebirth. I promise you, it's gonna be, it's gonna be good, man. It's gonna, it's gonna surprise a lot of people, and uh, uh, it's, it's gonna be good. It's, it's the, the, it's gonna bring back the '90s and early 2000s of pro wrestling. Um, I, I like to say we are wrestling for the forgotten fan and that is our motto wrestling for the forgotten fan and i believe there's millions of fans that have been forgotten in this new era of what wrestling is and i intend to try to grab those people back so wish us luck man wish us luck yeah definitely good luck any social media for yourself do you want to uh, put out there as well well you can go to the website www.thexp 
xpwwrestling.com. That's www.thexpwrestling.com. If you go there, you can buy tickets for the event. Uh, it'll lead you to fight or, of course, go to fight. Uh, social media is uh, uh, Twitter, The Rob Black Show. And uh, same thing with Instagram, uh, The Rob Black. And my uh, Facebook page is uh, Rob Zakari or The Rob Black Show. So those are all the ways. But mainly, uh, go to uh, the website, thexpwrestling.com. That's it, man. All right. Awesome oh, stuff. Yeah, I thank you, you so much. I gave you I gave you the world, man. I gave yeah, you the world. Yeah, you really did. Thank you uh, so much for all the time. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. You're welcome, John. Thank you. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two-man power trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron and also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies, brother.